here we go. Fall of 2020. This is the 1080 Outdoors Podcast Land Management Series, where our main focus is pursuing the truth for everyday hunters like you. I wouldn't say it's kind of an FU, it's definitely an FU. Chronicle and document how our season's going and give you real-time updates, overall land management practices. You have to find a way to hunt big buck where they are. All right, all right. Welcome to the 1080 Outdoors podcast, episode number 80. Um, Donald Driver. Donald Driver. Taylor's in a bad mood. I'm not in a bad mood. I'm going to turn this around. Okay, good. How are you going to do that? We just had an enormous um, malfunction. A half-hour malfunction. Half-hour malfunction. You can call it. And honestly, Good for a numbers. podcast, I think we've we've done 80 episodes now. We've done it for a full year in a row. We have not missed a week. And I don't think that we've gone 30 minutes where we didn't realize the audio wasn't working properly on un, two people's un, mics. Until now. Until now. Yeah, it just happened. So we, episode 80. You could have finished it. And we've already been recording for 30 minutes, so we've already practiced on most of the stuff we've talked about. Ah. <laughs> uh, Amateur oh, no. hour, you know. There's some. There are. There are some podcasts that. Yeah, if I start slurring my words a little bit, it's because I've already drank fucking two or three mixed drinks. And I just had a little glass, JB whiskey, tree glass, a little Seven Up. So I apologize, and I apologize to my co-hosts, Jeffrey Rosh, Jed Domke, Weston Larson's wives. <laughs> I don't. I don't have a wife. Oh, pretty much. Roommate, I have a roommate. She listens. Shout Fifi? out, Fifi. Mia. I call uh, Kenzie Fifi now. Oh, okay. Because it bothers. Shout out to Ross Super. He uh, started calling his fiance Fifi. Obviously bothered her. Sure. Wife? Stole it from her. From who went before oh. they were wives? Before they were ma- <laughs> <laughs> before they were husband and wife. He was calling her Fifi. They're, they're, if you like think about it, though, they're kind of wives because. Ross is. Does Ross listen? Is he an avid listener? Not to this one. No. Okay. Oh, okay. So, we already kind of spoke on this, but I did. There was a serious medical issue with one of our friends, and it's actually related to our new sponsor. Go on. So, mutual friend, not naming names, not naming store names either, bought. Some ground burger from a large big box retailer, grocery store. Based in Arkansas? We'll say um, no states are named. Oh, okay. okay. Um, this individual was frequently buying this ground burger and then started developing an issue where he was so backed up he thought he was not passing. Said yeah, burger. he thought back to himself. He's like, "Hey, I think that I haven't gone to the bathroom in like three to four days," and then started taking laxatives and other oral treatments. Nothing, no budging. A fucking concrete block down there. It seemed like he had to the other way. Take it analies. Yes. He had to insert some He's sort of device yes. or pill or whatever it is up in him. You think that's fun? Would that be fun? Depends what you're into. <laughs> I'm not here to judge. But so, no, short answer is no. The reason he knew that it came from the meat is because he went and, you know, he kept buying it or he, 
he didn't realize like that was the thing that caused it, but he bought it a couple more times. And he's like, okay, it wasn't as bad as that one time. He didn't have to insert anything in him again, but it came down to that. And it's like, wow, <laughs> we need to try to think about a little bit. What's possibly, what are we eating? My God. So new sponsor, side hello farms, meet co. We know the farm that that meat's coming from. We, you know, all of us here actually hunt that farm. That's why it's kind of a cool, cool little setup here. And those crops are the same crops that we eat our venison and turkey and everything. It's the same, same uh, crops that Weston misses turkey at three yards. And Taylor. Taylor missed the well, same turkey. Weston, you know, he shot first and messed that up. But... Also killed a turkey, though, same spot. So we do have a good deal. It's, I mean, Sidehella Farms is a little bit more expensive than if you were to go to a big box retailer and buy the cheapest meat you could possibly buy. But you won't have uh, binding issues, probably. Yeah, and you won't have to probably insert things <laughs> in you that you don't want short, to. You'll be able to shit if you, have, <laughs> if you buy this meat. That's, our, that's the slogan, I think. <laughs> buy our meat. Hey. You'll be able to shit. You don't want. Or, or if you're Jed. And maybe you didn't kill the amount of deer you wanted to kill this year. And your freezers are looking a little bare. And you don't have a father that raises beef. You might need to gra- grab some extra beef. Hey. Oh, speak of the devil. <laughs> I'm, I'm slightly shocked that said person, unnamed, didn't already get Sidey Hollow Farms meats. Oh, he has. Oh, since? Now he's fine. Well, right, pretty much well, cured him. Shocking. Yes. So well, I'm surprised that it got to the point where he had to go and get other meats from other sources, from other. Well, this is a new. I think stores. I think Sidehill Farms is pretty new for them. They're selling meat for the first couple. This is this is uh, you well, know. What was that promo code that you were running? So t- you you go to SideHollowFarms.com. You type in a promo code of 1080 Outdoors, and it's 15 percent off your order. 15 percent. Yeah, 15 percent. That's tough to beat. So with that, we're getting down into. I mean, it, I don't even think it's more expensive than these big box places. I think it's. I think it's pretty similar. Delivery anywhere in the Midwest. Even pick up locally. You know, right around the Driftless region. A lot of different options. Go to SideHellofarms.com forward slash discount forward slash Tennessee Outdoors, or go to Tennessee Outdoor or go to SideHellofarms.com and then just do promo code Tennessee Outdoors, fifteen percent off, and it helps the podcast. A little bit of money here and there, a little bit of money here and there. We make a little more podcasts. Might get a better mic. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Might get another mic for Weston. Weston can't even. West, Weston's out in the fucking. The fact that this is like my fifth right one now. and you're just singled out over there. Well, Weston had a couple podcasts where he didn't even speak words. Right? Correct. Did, did we not? Can confirm. There was a while there where I was like, shit, we have too many mics. We have too many mics. <laughs> Weston's a fucking log over on the goddamn corner. Not saying a, not saying a word. I would. You're not a log. You're like a branch. Thanks. A sturdy branch. So a limb. <laughs> Dead one. Makes you wonder, <laughs> <laughs> makes you wonder why I don't talk. It's like one of those limbs that if a if a. If a I bet you still got attacked. You're is, getting attacked now. I get attacked if I talk. I get attacked if I don't talk. It's just one of those limbs that if too big of a you know raccoon it, jumps on one it, of these, it's gonna it's, break. It's, what it is is neither one of these guys had a younger brother, so that's that's what it is. That's oh, correct. I did not have true. a younger brother. Also, I'll point out right point? now, neither one of them have a kid or wives. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yet, 
wife yet. Yeah, I'm Fifi. I got a Fifi. <laughs> you mean a Fifi? Jess <laughs> got Jess got an in living uh, uh, roommate. So we got a we got a we got a situation here that Mia. You got a roommate that shares a bedroom with you. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. Oh, and you're not married. Yeah, that's cool. Sin, <laughs> sinner, even. So, we were gonna. Well, I think it's time. We went through the sports thing. We went through, you know, we small game last week. We're over the Packers. Super Bowl's over. I hate everything about sports. We haven't done a recap. We have not done a recap yet about our hunting this fall. So whether it's whitetail hunting, I think maybe this conversation will probably steer more towards that, or, um, you know, whatever it is. I think it's it's a good to, let's let's throw a recap. Our season just ended. I got. Um, the weather that I've been begging for for two months. The month of December and January, I was begging for a big snow and then a hard cold afterwards. Season closed January 31st, February 2nd, big snowstorm. February 3rd, very cold, lots of bucks. And uh, it's unfortunate. Missed it by just a little bit. I think it's kind of a positive, but I did. I have done some quick looking for sheds because I, I have started noticing on trail camera now that some of these bucks are losing sheds. Get a little shaky there. <laughs> that was like kind of like a half. You get emotional. It was a weird half oh. burp. And yeah, I got a little emotional. <laughs> <laughs> so, moving into Jeff, you had a you know, a. From the outside looking in, possible unsuccessful year, but there's pro- was there anything positive from your season? Do you feel like you gained some momentum moving into this next year? Absolutely. Uh, once again, ended the se- ended the, uh, the the deer hunting season with multiple tags in the bag. Um, <laughs> um, got a few with a gun, but bow hunting didn't fill any tags. Had the opportunity, had two opportunities at two. I would say four-year-old bucks that would would both of them would have been the biggest one that I've ever shot myself. Um, had them both at 30, 35 yards broadside. Didn't know I was there, but they were not my target buck. Uh, I believe one of the biggest positives I'm taking away from this last season is I believe my target buck has survived. And the only reason I say that is because I know no one on my property shot him. If anyone on my neighbor's property would have shot him. I feel like I'd have known because it was rather large and people wouldn't have kept quiet about it. Um, I'm really looking forward to see, to see if he shows back up next year. Cause if he does, it is going to be an aggressive pursuit for that deer and that deer alone. Um, As it was this year, I guess you just got to get better at it. I was got to get better. You have to try to control yourself on your four wheeler. Yeah. Had a, in had, November, had a had a lack of spoiler uh, alert. Had a lack of uh, self control early November. It was like a really bad day, like not a good hunting day. So it was like windy. It might have been rainy. Bad hunting day in most properties, but we're we're talking about a bottom access. Bottom access. Yeah, I feel like you should have been hunting that day. With a little, so you have bottom access from where you enter, 
Then there's a little like mid ridge where it isn't as tall as like the high ridges around it. And there's another bowl that's even deeper than the tertiary ridge. Yes. I like to call it. Yeah. That's a good, that's yeah. a good word. Oh. Great word. Never heard so of that. that back bowl is where we're talking about. And that makes a lot of sense. That would be the least likely place for wind to, to for it to be windy. And, uh, I, I got greedy, wanted to see the camera cause I, I had pictures of this target buck in August uh, and leading up to August were pretty consistent and I had made my decision that was my target um, and then he disappeared and I started getting antsy and wanted to see pictures of him so I think it was like November 1st or 2nd I snuck in I thought I snuck in on my four-wheeler well I know <laughs> I'm not going to sneak think? around on a four-wheeler but I try and use a four-wheeler UTV to move around so that they get accustomed to the sound of that and, and as soon as that's gone the the uh, threat is gone. Yeah, field edges, four-wheeler use, good. <laughs> Sanctuaries, no. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to be aware. So, I anyway, I got a, I got a camera pull. Not all the cameras I wanted that day, but I saw some deer kick up, and when I checked the cameras, I'm pretty confident that my target buck was out in front of me that day on the four-wheeler, but um, he was back within a couple days, and then I had some other issues to deal with, some brothers hunting who just... <laughs> don't care about wind or scent or access or anything that would make sense so it's similar to a public piece of hunting yeah it's ridiculous it's ridiculous (laughs) that that we're treating a private piece of private property 80 acres as public land because of how it's accessed but it is what it is so yeah big positive is i hope i'm pretty confident he made it through and next year i'm really gonna use what I've learned this year because I was already in more opportunities this year than I have been in multiple years combined past to shoot a mature deer in front of me and I just chose not to I mean I was close had the release on the on the bow and I was started pulling back and I stopped like four or five times and then I'm like nope this is not the buck you want if he, if he were to come by and you just shot this one that would suck so that just ate you up it did it's I mean 30 yards this thing sat broadside just chomping on clover right out in front of me in the woods and i'm just staring at it and he had no idea i was there i was like this is perfect why couldn't you be my other buck but hey it's hunting that happens but i have never been in that i've never had that experience before so i did something different and better than i have in the past is it is it better (laughs) is it see this is something jed probably wouldn't understand no, I don't. I don't understand it at all. You in your you in this situation, knowing that that you've seen the picture of the buck, know yeah, that it exists. I, you would have. No, I can't say that I. It's would tough or want of because like I, it is tough because I, I just I'm drawing like the only parallel that I can like think of is this year in Wyoming where I had multiple bucks that I bet it like knew where they like saw them bed down in stalkable locations. And didn't do it because I had my sights set on a deer that I missed the day or two before. That was the one that you're... No, that Don shot. Yeah, Don. Yeah. I was going to say uncle, no. but yeah. No. Hell of a deer, Don. Yeah. That is. I, you know what? Funny we should bring that up. We were talking about that buck last night. Jake and I were. Uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm perfectly okay with Don shooting that deer. I'm... <clears throat> like, if somebody else had to shoot it, I'm glad that it was Don... And really glad that it wasn't Jared because if Jared had shot it, bad guy, he would act like a child, and I would never hear the end of it, and I probably wouldn't be friends with him now. <laughs> Are you saving friendships then? Yeah. Well, Don saved it. Thanks, Don. Yeah, thanks, Don. 
At least so, you can do Jared. Just name your is kid there, after. Is there anything, yeah. before we wrap your property up, Jeff, is there anything from that property that you think it, like, what's one thing that you think you learned about possibly how mature bucks were moving through there? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> so, um, you were with last weekend, and we, from the road, so we talked about it earlier, it's, it's road, valley, hill, valley, another hill. And it's um, that much bigger hill at the end there. Kind of, kind of the layout of the property. I know it's not a very good description, but from the road, you can see obviously the first valley, the first hill, and then you can see that second hill. Um, this time of year, snow-covered ground, not a leaf on the tree. You can see a lot. You can see. I mean, you can guess where the thick. You can guess where they're bedding, where they're moving. You can see where the thick parts are. You can see the transition areas, and then one thing I noticed that I haven't really ever noticed before, um, there were five points that flood into our property we hunt and the neighbor's property. Um, so that's something, I guess, I mean, obviously you can see that at any time of year, even without snow, but it's just so much more visible when it's just snow-covered and you just see these points leak down into yeah, these Yeah, you can take some time right now to... If you if you can get some weird observation points of your property, I mean you can you see so much right now that you just cannot see other times of the year, and it makes a ton of sense when we look at that property. There's there's a bunch of topography running into the one area. We call them thermal hubs a lot of times, but they every like there's just a lot of terrain that moves into one area, and it makes a lot of sense why there's always a lot of big bucks moving down in there. Yeah, yeah. So I think if we could figure out a way to hunt these areas, we'd be doing a lot better off. But I think there's a reason why the mature bucks tend to spend time in these areas because they're just not exactly huntable. They're not good. It's not easy access. It's not good with the wind while you sit there. It's not good visually because if you're sitting lower than, I mean, if a buck walks by you at eye level, you're usually screwed. Like they're tough areas. So. Yeah, a lot to look forward to for next year. I'm looking forward to it. We're going to throw some different things at them. Yeah, absolutely. And then, Jed, you took kind of more of the um, public land approach. Yeah, I did. But I think all of this stuff that we're talking about, it fits into exactly kind of the experiences you had, too. Yeah. Um, so I guess the main reason I went with the uh, the public approach is because I just got uh, I got kind of bored of staring at the same same trees all season long for the past how many years yeah and uh just like hunting out west you just kind of get this this thing where you like looking at different land and uh, i just kind of applied that to to around here and uh i feel like you just learn a lot more hunting that many more uh situations varied situations yes. yeah um, it's, well, it's just like it's not the same five stands. For yeah, the, for the next fifteen, you get stuck years. in your yeah. in your ways. Right. Yeah, that's why. I mean, and along with public, just asking people for permission and hunting other people's property, even just walking other people's properties, mm-hmm. just seeing the consistency. So, like, I guess not only the consistencies, but the the non consistencies yes. between like different habitat types. Even yeah. just in the same county, you know, right? Like, well, we, it's like terrain, terrain-wise, like right. places you hunted, right? Growing up, aggressive, yeah. steep, very um, hilly, very like 
but steep hilly. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. like very but, aggressive. Slopes. Like to- top of like ridge top, like the highest points and obvious going down agri- to the, like yeah aggressive agriculture yep. right up to the wood line. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and like public land, just you don't you don't find that. Like that's not what it is. You know. Right. Like there's not a whole lot of agriculture going on on public lands around here. No. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So like it's just a totally different hunting scenario, um, that obviously brings on different challenges. And uh, yeah, it was just a, it was a if, great learning year. Yeah, as is far there, as that's concerned, is there something terrain wise or vegetation wise that maybe you had a mature ish buck get to? Um, that may uh, did you like? Yeah, yeah, yeah encounter okay. or I, yeah, I had so the the biggest buck that I had an encounter with on public land was at the uh, it was at a transition between um, like. Pretty steep hillside of CRP that uh, that ran right down into the wood line, um, right on the the very like aggressive ditch system of an aggressive point. Mm-hmm. And uh, that buck, um, I assumed that there was going to be a buck there uh, because I'd been into that spot the weekend before and found a pretty aggressive rub and scrape line that uh that i decided i wanted to sit that that day and uh yeah i got i got i crested over a hill uh glassed this you know because there was there was well let's see here four things going on it was it was the military crest of a hill um it was a transition between crp and thick timber what kind of timber uh, hardwoods, like mature hardwoods, but like there was a dense but understory. That, like, Twenty yard strip where it's like transitioning. Yeah, yeah, transitioning between you know just straight up open CRP, yeah, and then that you know brushy, prickly ash, yeah. sapling, you know, dense as shit. Yeah, yeah, nightmare to walk rabbit through. Rabbit country, rabbit hole. Yep, and then the down tree tops. Yes, several <laughs> of those. It, it's established. Let's move on. It's just nasty. It's disgusting. Well, right. you have to explain. Like, this is the shit that should be explained, like, aggressively. Like, down tree. T- like, this. What you're describing is everything coming together. Yeah. There's four things there. Yes. Plus, plus there, it's the aggressive head of a ditch right off of a pretty aggressive plant. Yes. It's it, all of those things combined into one 40 by 40 area. And that's right where he was laying. And, and almost, I expected him there. I'm almost thinking that a lot of these mature bucks, like the mature buck, is bedded up in the ditch to take advantage of a satellite buck or other deer bedded out on that point. Mm-hmm. Okay. I didn't – I have not asked, and whatever, I could get ridiculed for asking. What do you mean satellite buck? Young buck. Well, Young or buck just not like, like – Not the mature. You're getting bumped. Like, so I think – so give me five – Bucks in a bachelor group, right? Okay. One, two, three, four, five. Right. Throughout the year, they will... So, like, they hang out all year together. I think throughout the year, in the fall, they will move in, like, these, like, little, like, pockets of where they are living in the period of time. Well, I do think that one of those bucks is always, like, going to be the mature buck in an area. The herd buck. Yeah. So, so where do you get the term satellite? 
So a satellite would be the satellite bucks that are like not that one buck who's pretty much he's okay. he's leveraging everything. He's deciding essentially where everyone's betting because he taught. Do you know what a satellite is? Can confirm. Okay, in like astronomy, do you understand what a what a satellite is in astronomy? Yes, can big con- science guy can confirm. Okay, so that's a moon, right? Correct. The moon revolves around its planet. Yeah. Or yes. the herd buck. So, so the moon is hey, the mature hey, moon. The hey, moon. I'm, bucks I'm asking are for the viewers. No, you were asking right. for you. Don't fucking lie to me. <laughs> hey, you can't tell me every. You can't tell me Rick knows. <laughs> Rick probably doesn't know nor cares. He's just like, oh, I just sit in that tree and big bucks walk by. Yeah. All he does is shoot. He doesn't shoot satellite. Yeah. He's like, I don't need to satellite, but what's that? Satellite buck. So I think so. I don't necessarily want to say that like I know that the certain buck is bedded in that area every single time. But if a so like if buck one part of part part of group A, and then but buck two is part of group A, but buck one isn't in that area at that time, he would bet in that area and then bump the other bucks down. Like it's it's a totem pole thing. I really do think that. Okay. Okay. And I think that the most whatever he doesn't necessarily. I don't think needs to be mature dominant though. dominant yeah i just they usually pick these areas and it's just like and i do think that the satellite bucks doesn't don't necessarily need to be like a long ways away but they also don't necessarily need to be like within sight like things are happening that <clears throat> i just think essentially like when bucks bet up in the head of a ditch before i, I didn't i was almost too Focused on the points, the points, the points, the points, like big points. Because um, it makes the most sense and it's most simple. But if you think about it, the smartest would want to be back, want to set back, want to get away from the group. And then be in those positions that, and you look at ditches, like they get to, if a buck beds in a proper place in a ditch, they get to observe multiple betting points, exit routes. Because what is di- like? What's a big ditch? That's going to be a pinch of some sort, and they have some sort of sense. They have a, they have eyes on that. They know what's happening in that ditch system. So it's like the best of both worlds. They have not only they're not only betting on these points to see, they know other deer betted on those points, but they're catching those routes of exit from those points if danger were to be coming towards them. You know what I'm saying? So if you look at like. Do, do you guys understand what? Yes, I, I gotcha. Yeah, it's brilliant. So you think they're, I think they're brilliant. Do you animals. look at that spot, that ditch, as the one of the ultimate spots of mature buck? Well, I think be? it's a spot that that's probably where they live eighty percent of the year in spots like that. A lot of those spots, I don't even know if they're. If that's true, I don't even that's... think it's killable. I don't think they're killable. I feel like it's that's a twenty percent. Super... It's a twenty percent. It's the all their spots. It's it's the fact that if they get up out of that spot and they're moving to somewhere earlier than normal, they have a shot. Or if they're bedded in a different spot, they're not normally bedded in because, because it's the rut, pre-rut. But think about it. Dude, they live 365 days in this fucking woods. Okay, they know the best spot to be. The only reason why we have a shot at them is most likely because they're just – they're they're doing things that they're not usually doing. 
or they're making some type of little mistake. It's whether they're slaves to their food or their dick. Those are the two. But those big, those big ditches that are the head of those ditches that are not around normal food sources that you would expect or you don't see a lot of deer in. I I think those are becoming really big targets to me now. Because I saw it in a couple different properties this year that I was hunting. So the buck that you saw, anything else to say on that? No, not really. I mean, it's just a cool situation for you. Yeah. Yeah, I knew I knew that there was a chance that that there was gonna be one there. I I thought I scoured it well with my glass before I. Uh, yeah, you think if you would have maybe treated it. Maybe that's the thing about what here, like you hunting in the Midwest. Like, are you really glassing like you should be? No, <laughs> like no, because get... if I was glassing like I should be, I'd be sitting down. I'd put my put my binos on a tripod and I'd stare, and I just stare through my binos at <clears throat> a treetop, looking for a flicker of movement for minutes. God, you know, and like, and like hunting around here, your goal is to like get to that tree. That has them rubs, those those rubs, mm-hmm. those scrapes. Dem rubs, you mean? Dem rubs, dem yeah. scrapes, right yeah. there. Dem right there. And, you know, get you got to get there. Yeah, you got to get there. Have to. Right. And so, like, yeah, no, I, yeah, maybe. Did he, you, so he busted you visually? Yes. Yes, I was in plain view when he, when he busted. That's the thing with, especially in hill, in hilly, hilly, steep hilly country here. Is if they bed up on one of the hillsides in a head of a ditch, they have that whole. Like it's weird how much coverage they have mm-hmm. visually. It's weird. It's hard to explain. Like, yeah, I, I, like, I'm struggling to do it. Like see everything, like running down off the ditch, but you cannot see that from from any, where you're walking yeah. in. Yeah, like it's where they he, are at. He, he could see, see my everything. he could see my head, my big dumbo ears sticking out from my head. Against the skyline. Yeah. That's what he could see. Yeah. What do you do like, different no. next time? Well, see, is there anything you can see do? at the, at that point, you would just have to be in there in the dark, yeah. you know, yeah, like, all day sit probably would right. solve that. You could right. probably kill them in the morning. Yes. But like between work and whatever else, because that was a day that I got done early with work and I was like, well, the access point only gave you that access. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Um, yeah, I don't know. I did. I did learn another thing this year, though, like because I hunted out of a saddle, so there, like there's obviously setup noise involved. Like I'm not going to stands where everything's set up. Yeah. Um, if you want, like, there's a there's a real chance that if you get like semi tight to bedding areas, like look at a, look at a public piece and be like, okay, this is where I expect those deer to bed. Just go in there and start making a little bit of noise. And then set up and wait because I had four deer this year, four bucks. None of them were very big, but I do know that people have had big bucks come at yeah. them with this. But like, by the time I got two sticks high, here comes a buck running towards me. Really? Yes. Four times this year. That's cool. Yeah. What do you What do you think that is? They. It's just interested in the noise. Yeah. Because it's it's you know these all happen right from like the last weekend or like the last week of October through the second week of November, where it's just like oh what is is that a doe is that a buck that wants to fight me what's going yeah. on I got what is that yeah yeah and Freaks. two two of them busted me and and the other two just like worked right through yeah 
They're just like, where is it? Just year year yearlings. Probably two and a half year. I'm two and a half. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, right. I I mean, I it's one of those things too where a year year and a half year old acts stupid ninety percent of the time. Two year old acts stupid like sixty percent of the time. A three year old acts stupid forty percent of the time. Right. I really think these things are like, it could happen. Oh yeah, it could. (laughs) It could. So, like, if you're doing a hanging hunt, just have your head on a swivel the whole time. Yeah. It's just, I yeah, no, it's just never a good idea to scare deer. No, and I mean, like, but, but also, like, understand that when you're halfway through that hang, there could be a buck five yards from you. And something I find myself, that I need to fight myself, too, is, like, just because you made some noise doesn't necessarily mean that you scared anything. No. Like they don't think know about what the it is. think about the buck that that I shot in Tradfinger two yeah. years ago. Jesus, I mean like breaking branches because we didn't fucking bring a saw. Didn't bring a saw. It was really windy. We hung a whole. We hung a ladder stand. No, but not it was, even it was, really. No, it was two hang-ons. I know that we hung a ladder. Remember, I carried a fucking ladder oh, in my backpack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was an old weird ladder stand that yeah, was like six it, feet tall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like a that was like, the beginning it, of the stand. Yeah, and then we did like one, like a like a six foot <clears throat> climbing yes. stick section. And then yeah, one and then one um one no climbing stick and then two, two stands. stands. Yeah, and then the whole like. Well, we need like, to clear these sticks so yeah, that we can possibly take a shot. Out, a whole shooting lanes out into the field needed right. to be cleared. So we were, like, breaking, no like, saw, limbs. So yes. Crash, crash. And I was just, like, sitting there pouting, <clears throat> mad at the world. Like, okay, Irate. cool, this is never going to work. Glad we're never going to see a deer tonight. I'm like, Fucking, buck, buck. Oh, hey, buck, there it is. Yeah. Didn't even have, like, clothes on you. Yeah. There was a buck. There was, like, four fawns that he was rutting around at. He had no clue we were there. No. None. There's the times that you get, times you are noisy and you go in and you're like, I just fucked everything up. You don't see anything. You're like, yep, idiot. I, I don't mean this. Take Say this it. as you will. Say I don't. It. I used to be that way. I used to be like, you know, like fuck. I, tr- I, I stepped on that twig or a deer took off and I walked in. I think, I, I've, I've gotten to the point where you know what, like, I'm still fucking committing to this hunt. Like oh, yeah. I'm here. I'm like, I. Oh, the, one of the deer I had an opportunity at this year, the one that sat munching on clover uh, 30, 30 yards away, on my way in, I spooked up, because that was the hardest spot to access, that valley, I spooked up multiple deer, and I'm like, either this is going to mean I'm not going to see shit, or whatever, I'll just, I'm committed to it because I can hunt this spot like twice. And he ended up coming in anyway, so... Yeah, essentially what we're saying is, like, while you're on stand, don't assume that something is inevitable right you have to be ready like if you're gonna go in there and bust up the first layer of so say they do bed in like layers or say there's a different groups and that doe group you bumped or that doe group with one buck you bumped but they ran a different way but there's gonna be more bucks coming into that area to check that doe bedding like it's tough to do because i've i've done it a We've couple seen years both. few years well the year i i shot that i wounded that eight pointer where uh, um, myself and, uh, and and Andrew, camera guy, went in, and he talked me into going into a spot that was not right for the wind, and we went in and busted all the deer out of the little woods. And, I was, and it was terribly, like, terribly cold. And the whole time I was like, this is stupid. Fucking dumb. 
dumb, dumb, dumb. Last light, boom, there, there, there he is. Wasn't, I would say I wasn't 100%, um, wasn't on detail, like 100, 100% on detail, like locked in. That's why it's so tiring and so it wears you down because you should be locked in at all times. Which is hard. It is hard. That's hard. Sucks. I mean, you go, you go hundreds of hours without seeing a mature buck and you got 20 seconds with one. <laughs> Not many other things like that where he's like, I'm just going to go, I'm going to look at a wall forever and assume that the wall is going to change. <laughs> and better be ready when the wall does for a split second. Weston, <clears throat> so how my, was your hunting season? Do you feel like you got smarter, got better, got dumber? Um, I would all, say all the above. All the above, yeah. Really, for real, all the above. But I would say it was a more successful year than like what my output showed. Just based off of like <clears throat> before the season started. Um, Taylor actually came down and we walked majority of the property. And we we kinda, did a consult. Yeah, yeah. Do you think the consult helped you? Yes. When Jeffrey, came, do you think the consult helped you? Highly recommended. Yes. yes. No. Um, basically, what it was was there's three of us that hunt it mostly, and it was changing the mind of one person that has hunted it the longest. Were you successful <laughs> in that? Uh, a little bit. Yeah. Well, that's um, that must be nice. It's consistent with, <laughs> so your situation and Jeff's situation is very consistent. Right. But you had luck. You had you had successful luck in convincing the yes, person. Yes, in persuading the them. said person. Yeah. So basically, it was we need to leave this sanctuary chunk off limits, which was a place that gets hunted quite a bit. And I would say it was successful in the fact that when I hunted like the edges of this sanctuary or other areas that we considered a good place to hunt on the piece of property, I had more encounters with deer in general, not necessarily mature bucks, but in general, more encounters than I've had the past two, three, four seasons. I don't mean to jump the gun here because you might get to it. The sanctuary you speak of, did you dive in at all? I did a couple times. Okay. When the conditions were right? Correct. Okay. How'd, the, how'd those November. go? How'd um, those go? Good, actually. It's the only, like, actually in, encounter I had on a, I'm not going to say mature, but a buck I probably should have shot that I, um. Two-year-old. I, did. I didn't. Yeah, it was a two and a half. Yeah, he texted us that day, <laughs> and he's like, just let a two-year-old walk by. I was like, you've literally never Kill! shot a never, Kill! Never, Kill! Shot, Kill! never shot a buck with my bowl, so it's just. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Kill it. Yeah. Now, and it was like two straight minutes of shot opportunity. Now, but. it did come out later that, like, the three people that hunt that kind of made a pact to let that buck Which, go. Which, yeah, okay. Yeah, so, like, that makes, that makes it a different story. Yeah. Because we did spend, like, a day and a half berating Weston <laughs> for his choices. What, uh, what, yeah, so until what, until he fessed up that, so maybe maybe he, he thought of that. Up. He no, could what? have construed oh. it later and been like, "Oh, I know how to get out of this." Yeah. Yeah. I didn't realize these guys were going to like attack me so much. Right. So he, off. he, I, you know, <laughs> just as well as I do, when he here. said that, he was expecting us to be like, "Good job." Yeah. Yeah, that's not what happened. Hey, well, the other hey, two, good job. Thank you. The other two hunters that mostly hunt there said, "Good job." 
So that's yeah, but I, I disagree because I think that people need to. I think you need to experience, experience mm-hmm. right I killing. I also said that if it came back, I was gonna be probably shoot it. Because it, it was well, like dumb. Which been that's dumb. So anyway, if, if that's going to be your weird. tact, you should have just shot it. Because you would have been out of control. Because it would have came back and been like thirty-five yards, not a great shot, and taken a dumb shot. Successful you know. as in season overall, we made a couple minimal and improve improvements to um, the main farm that I hunt now this year. There was a different farm that <clears throat> I did a majority of my hunting on that I'm. My brother and I decided we're no longer hunting there, <laughs> so we took seven stands down. So you had family drama, too? Mm. I think everyone had a consistent, besides Chad. Except, yeah, no, it wasn't. Well, I did not. Rick is definitely family drama. <laughs> it, family drama. I guess. So, <laughs> so <clears throat> I mean, that would that is what I would consider it kind of a downfall, because it's 125 acres that I am not going to hunt next year. <clears throat> and so... Like Jed, maybe I'll move into slowly progress into the public land. None of my spots. No, that's fine. Just maybe come to you with some some questions. Yeah, yeah. Stay out of there. That's what I'm gonna tell you. <laughs> He's gonna be like a bad guy to you. He'd be like, "Yeah, this is a great spot." Also, status quo. Everything's gonna stay the same. Yeah, nothing new. Um, but yeah, just like strictly encounter wise, I have. Do you feel like you're seeing things differently in the woods? Do you feel like you, well, do I feel you, like are I'm, you more confident? Yeah, I'm more confident, and I'm being more conscious when it comes to the elements. Like you go into I'm not a stand. Just go, I'm not just going like I'm just gonna go hunt here just because. I, sh- I think, think I there's should. always like this like transition where it's like I'm gonna go to I'm gonna go hunt. I have no expectations on seeing even a fucking deer. Well, that's how it was for yeah. a few. And years. And then now it's like, well, I'm I'm going to at least see a deer every yeah. time. Like, and then it's like two years ago. It was like more times than not skunked. Didn't see a single yes. deer. Not, God, that is taxing on the main. Yeah, the it's mind fucking terrible. Body. You have to go through it though. And I did. And this year it was. I think I only got skunked like once. Whether yeah. it was a doe, and yeah, <clears throat> I passed up a couple opportunities to shoot a doe like early season, but dumb again. That's dumb. You know, yeah, you didn't shoot a doe with your bow either, did you? No. Did you? You, if you did, I'm sure we can talk about this freezer stuff. No, we we'll, did. We'll get we into did. that. We'll get into but, that later. But uh, yeah, we, yeah. I mean, just hunting is smarter. And my only regret would be time on stand. I didn't put as much time as I would have liked to. This so year. I'd say both Jeffrey and Weston, we technically did do a land consult. With, yes. And we did change some of the th- methods, some mm-hmm. of the thoughts on yep. how to hunt. In no way, shape, or form do I think you go from like, and and I will say I didn't I did like very minimal when it comes to like food and controlled improvements. Yes, yes, pretty pretty minimal. Was access your big change? Um, well, this I'd is say not, not necessarily like access, just hunting, hunting like different theory, areas, like how to yeah. hunt. A like whole hunt, hunting concept. Yeah, hunting like with a certain wind, not going... Not just going to, to a just, stand because stand. you've seen deer yeah. there before. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. what... That was the mindset of... Oh, not the Jason Rosh approach? <laughs> oh, oh, we don't gotta name names. Hey, fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't listen to anyway. his twin brother. <laughs> but, uh... <clears throat> love him, but he hunts yeah, like it a was, fucking moron. It was basically... <laughs> Had a couple beers. It was, a. Uh, my my number one thing that I learned this year was hunt smarter, not necessarily hunt more. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So 
I would say. Well, I have just, a plan. Exactly. Have a plan usually pays off. Not just oh, well, I have a couple hours here. I'm just gonna run right up. And you can still do that, the, but do it smart. Yeah. No. 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 Yeah. yeah it, like, should, it should. It should. I'm fit saying the mold. That, right. Exactly. I'm saying like don't just. Yeah, and two I'm not hours. I'm just you, gonna dive right in. Would you guys say that both of that like was kind of like the plan that we put in place? And the plan isn't like it's not our. It's not like one person's plan. It's like a discussion of like, hey, how do you hunt this? Hey, what? How would you like to hunt yes. this? What would you think? Like, here's what I. Here's what we think. Here's here's the you different, mean the discussion with yes, you and it's or just with like, other hunters? Well, just general like in the plan of like the right. consult like like yeah. It was a mixture of both. Like, let's like, think about like hunting these stands with these wins. Yep. These stands with these wins. Well, it was really, it was really. I mean, you made it like, here's what you. You really laid it out. So like, here's what you can do with this wind, with this property. I mean, not necessarily knowing exactly what the wind's going to do in that exact spot. Which right, yeah. comes down that, to the landowner to know to that. You, yeah, it comes down to you yeah. going in those spots exactly. and figuring it out. Yeah. But. Yes, it was extremely helpful. And I, for me, it was the number of deer seen on stand I felt was a lot higher than in past years. Yeah. Not necessarily, I mean, not necessarily. The, this piece that I hunt, I, it doesn't hold deer, but a lot, it has like a lot of pass-through. <clears throat> it's a valley. But uh, Well, I think it, it's one of those things that you take emotion out of it. Yeah. You well, don't, you can't, you aren't thinking straight on your property. That's why I call Jed or call other people all the time about the properties that I hunt because, like, I can't, I have to take emotion out of it. Mm-hmm. I have to take my perception. It's like, well, what do you think? Not, nothing to do with what we've ever experienced. Here. And there's like, nothing wrong with that either. You, know, call you have your, to. Calling your buddies I, and, like, what would you do in this scenario? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Highly recommended. Like, don't feel like you're a loser for asking. Like, hey, what would you do? You know? No, I mean, we. I bring people in. I pay people. Pay people to come in, and technically, we get paid to to go do consults for people. For mm-hmm. people. Exactly. So like, the hunting hunting industry is kind of weird, where it's like, well, it's it's this big like, it's always a competition, and like if if one consultant sees another consultant, they're like, I consult. Like, well, yeah, that's awesome. Like I've had, I've had issues asking consultants to come consult at my property because they see our stuff and they think that they see that we do consulting. So you think you're trying to like get their tricks? I think, (laughs) but it's like you. Well, yeah, that's like any business. Yeah, but you're. I mean, sure. Yeah, it's not. You don't have original. Everybody's nobody has that original of a thought. Like, it's just. What we're talking about here today, it's like the head of a ditch. Like, this is what I'm seeing in these certain areas. Like, right. heads of ditches, mm-hmm. points, transition areas, pretty consistent with most people. Yeah. Having other people look at your stuff is never a bad idea. No. You take, you take, the, you take the input, you make the decision on it. Like, exactly. You choose how to hunt it. I see a lot of people, you help people, and there's, Why not they're not going to change. Right. They're going, they either want to just get confirmed that they're doing something right or wrong or whatever they're gonna do what they want to do that's fine you didn't cap your season yeah i think you did yeah, a little bit in the beginning no i was gonna come back to it at the end um i think my biggest negative is you need to get on 
this is a scenario where you know you have free time you, you can hunt when you can hunt but i think i missed opportunities where i was just trying to sit back and to wait for the perfect opportunity and there wasn't perfect opportunities never came about if that makes sense yeah like there needs Wind to be so each area months. in my mind there's these, there's these special areas that most likely are transition areas that are not bedding and are not food they're they're from bedding to food okay and most likely they're on the edge of food or on the edge of bedding well I just think there needs I need we need we need all of us need a better job of just setting those areas up um, with multiple stand locations that fit the scenario like we know we're gonna get a south wind we know we're gonna get a southwest wind we know there's gonna be a northwest wind we know there's gonna be a north wind consistently those winds are consistent we know those are gonna happen most of the time most of the time of the year we know we want to hunt morning so you need to be able to get in and we know we want to hunt night so you need to, be able to get out and get in yeah, like the access up is simple it's just we need to start that that's my biggest thing is, is there should be almost more stands in a small area to hunt or to be set up for specific situations so there's no excuse because i feel like i had the excuse this year a couple times where it's like well it's, i'm worried about like you know maybe a south wind's perfect but a southwest wind's an issue you know, in the afternoon, I'm worried about the thermals dropping, like because the wind isn't strong enough. Then I either either need to figure that out, or you know, have places that are ready for that. Like whatever, it just, I need to be more prepared. I think I can't have one stand and once and aggressive. Spot. Yeah, aggressive. Because I I don't think that you. A lot of people think that you can't bust a, a buck more than once, but this year we sat back and... If you let it cool down, I think... It showed in multiple places this year that we hunted. Is you can bust them a because couple they're, times. they're still animals. I mean, they get smart. They get... They learn. Well, and most likely but, they're getting pressure from other places. So you're not the only one giving them pressure. But... And then it gets to that special time of year, you know, the late October, early November, where... They kind of just forget about what happened, and they start chasing that elusive female scent. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've okay. So there's like, you know, there's obviously people who like put more stress on on different things, and like, okay, basically what I'm getting to is I know of one person who calls whitetails rabbits with horns. He's like literally yeah. not concerned at all about bumping deer, about like educating deer. He's just like, yeah, they're just rabbits with horns. Now like has a lot of success. Has a lot of success. Good for him. Right. So like I think I think everybody just has to find their own like balance. There there uh, yeah, you know absolutely. what I mean? There's there is not a like a I don't think there's recipe. situations that are just the same. I don't think you. No, there's too much nuance. Yeah, that's that's, that's a Joe Rogan word right there. Yeah. Well, and that's where the not to push our consulting too much, but like that's that's the importance of getting boots in the ground. Like you cannot, you cannot put any level of information. You can't listen to a podcast. I can't tell you exactly what to do, no matter what, because I can't see all those little 
hogbacks, the little fucking switchbacks, the little terrain that... I don't know what your neighbors are doing. Yeah, what your neighbors are doing. What's planted in certain fields at certain times. Like, there's just... That's that's why we do the digital stuff all for free for the most part now, but it's gotten a lot of control. So... But that's that. That is the point. That's why. That's why we do on site because we don't charge that much, and it's beneficial for everybody. It's been, it's beneficial for us, and there's no reason why we would try to. Like you need other eyes to look at stuff. You just do. It's just that is, one hundred percent. It's an important thing. I think that's the biggest thing. My biggest takeaway is like I need other people to come walk the properties I'm hunting to, to try to think of other things. Especially if it's not working. Because if you're hunting specific bucks, like we were this year, it sucks. Because you have, you're technically in the, you're technically in the opportunities that you set up for. Like I had four and five year, five year old bucks walking by me, and it's like that's the dream situation. It just wasn't the right deer. So then it's just like, well, how do you create more of those opportunities? It's all a percentage game. And see, I was just waiting for that four year old. Didn't care which one really. I mean, I had a couple. Yeah, but dude, that's but it took it took me like seven years, right, to get a property where I was like I was happy to see a one year old, one one year old, two year old, right. Jed three years ago killed a probably three year old, mm-hmm. and we were like jacked up about it. Still would be. Yeah. You would not kill a three year old on that property now. No, not there. Yeah. <laughs> but like. But yeah, no, like, I, get, I wouldn't I even have that conversation saying. with you because it was just like it's different now. Yeah. Like, it's a different property. We've seen what happens when you just you have good neighbors. You have you 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 can control your control. Are you control your pressure? Like that makes a big difference. You sit back and let your cameras work. I think everyone would be better off if you went if you went looked at a property for a couple of years, if you looked at a pro- new property and you're like I don't know how to hunt this and you're like I'm just gonna toss a ton of cameras up I'm gonna hunt the edges or hunt whatever and have no expectations on whether or not you kill something for two years you'd be a lot better off because number one maybe you go in there and you just blow everything up and you just hunt the shit out of it you still gonna you're, you will still learn a lot but you have to <laughs> realize that most likely you're not having success because of that you know or you sit back and you don't even hunt it at all and you put cameras up and you're like well i need to understand that like in order to kill something you need to sit in there so it's like this it's just a yo-yo game and teeter-totter game that you're playing all the time put too much pressure put enough pressure and get luck in luck it's kind of like the Tom Brady thing. Oh, my it's like God. He, there it is. The guy isn't just getting lucky, okay? He's doing something. No, no, if this is sports, don't. I don't want to get into it. Thank you, Jeff. You're welcome. Thank you. I can't help myself, and I don't want to get into it. Okay, I I will switch gears here. I learned another thing this year. Um, I was on a couple blood trails where everything went right, which is weird. Uh, it is weird. It is weird. So uh, my buddy shot a buck this year with his bow, and he was not sure of the shot. 
watch the deer for five minutes stand and pant. And he said right from the get-go, all right, we have to wait till morning. Because this was the second deer that he hit. He hit one earlier in the year where he rushed the track job. So he was gun shy. And he said, all right, no matter what, we got to wait till tomorrow. Yep, I'm in. We'll start at daylight tomorrow. Like, it, it, like, we can't rush this. Can't make the same mistake again. Have to wait. Then he talked to the neighbor. The neighbor said, yep, you can, like, if, if you need to track on it tomorrow, just let me know. Not right. a big deal. So then he was like, hey, man, um, now that we have permission on the neighbors, should we just at least go and find first blood? And it's just like, no. We are staying the fuck out of there until tomorrow. Like, let's let's be realistic here. The coyotes might get it, but at least we're going to know that yeah. the coyotes get it. Like, the coyotes aren't going to get it four miles away, and we have no idea what happened to it. What? Well, they're, they're going to get it, but then it's off your property, and you ain't going to know anyway. All right, you've never been in this situation. Well, I'm confused what you mean. Like, the coyotes, you meant, you said they're going to get it four, four miles away. Like, right. if it dies, they're going to get it. Correct, but then you don't know. Right. Yeah. Which is a nightmare. It's a fucking nightmare situation. Yeah, it's getting past the it's getting past the mental hurdle of feeling guilty about being in the woods and I mean you're carrying a weapon, you might wound something. That's that's a general possibility. Get over it. Correct. Yeah. Um so we did, we waited until the next morning. We found that buck literally where he last saw it. Eighty yards away dead he he hit it liver guts nice and it just bedded down found it in its first bed it was the greatest thing ever but correct but what we've all been in that no i'm not we've all been in the situation where you don't wait yes and (laughs) bump the deer never find it coyotes do get it i don't even i don't even know the situation where i don't wait anymore right anymore right we've learned (laughs) We've definitely learned. Um, yeah. You have to be a hundred percent certain. Yeah. You have to either see the deer go down or gushing blood, or hear the deer go down, or witness gushing arterial spray blood yes. with camera, like you, like yeah. a big eight. That's yeah. why the cameras are nice. Yes. But even with that track, you were still unsure. Well, I always obviously, always been obviously, unsure. I was not unsure because yeah. I didn't have emotion invested in it. Yep. Yep. Like, I saw the blood pumping out of that deer, and I said, yeah, dead in 100 yards. I think yards. As soon the, as the key to in. all this is, like, you, ha- you cannot underestimate your own emotion Correct. in these that's, decisions. That's what I was going to get at. Get a second opinion. Mm-hmm. Defer, Everything. defer, like, especially on a blood track, defer to the second opinion. Like, like it's... Trusted. Opinion. Like, it's a normal thing to be like, as the second opinion, be like, hey, man, this is your deer... We'll do what you want. No, as the buddy, you need to take control of that situation. Yes. Because you, if you are capable. Correct. And you just be, need to be like, hey, man, rein in your emotion. Like if Weston told me that, I'd be like, fuck you off, dude. Correct. Don't even Obviously. Obviously. Seriously, don't talk to me. Jesus, we're an hour and one minutes into this, and that was the first blow at you, I think. That's a new record. That is yeah. a new record. Well, if he did, he was if he was trying to talk me off a ledge. During a blood trail, I just punch him in the head. <laughs> Were you there for his yes. recovery? <laughs> Mitchell was too. Not Manning the camera. Yeah, did a good job too. But immediately, I walked in the door and I saw the shot and I saw the blood and I was like, oh, "Dead." Yeah. Like he was like, "Oh, I don't know." I mean, because it was a little bit of a risk. Um, yeah, it's a risky like, oh, shot. Oh, a shot. Yeah. 
But it's like when you see. Yeah, he's done. Yeah. He's done. Yeah. With no emotional attachment. It's but a like, weird, weird area. Head, it's. Well. No, that's a great area. Mm-hmm. It is. If you if you can <laughs> if you could plan that shot, yeah. it's just not high percentage. Like, the percentage oh, yeah. of where it hit, high percentage of death. Yes, hundred percent death. Yeah. Well, no, guaranteed hit, death. I could have missed by here and there half and an inch, and it would have been a different story. Yeah. Or if he would have, if he would have turned to his left instead of his right, he turned into it and opened up his yeah, chest. Yeah, yeah. Or if he would have turned this way, you could have shoulder bladed it, and that could have been bad. Hey, it wasn't though. It didn't though. Anyways, even if he turns to the left, he's probably getting it up, up in the. Yeah, it'd have been. He's gonna, it, it probably would have tucked in behind his. It'd have been behind blade. a shoulder blade. It'd have been a one oh. long liver, diaphragm gut. As long as yeah, I had no. If, as long as it would have got behind the blade, yeah, it would have killed it. Yeah, it's more like in that scenario, if I would have been back further, if I would have yeah. if I would have shot him like for a liver shot, like Ooh. not tight to his shoulder blade, and he made that move. Yeah, it would have been an issue because he would have probably it probably would have been back in well who knows how it grazed who knows the angle of when you hit a shoulder blade what happens but go ahead Jed you were saying something I was just saying that um, I'm a full believer in like if you hit a deer you do, you you tell and you listen to like you tell your friends your buddies get them involved as soon as possible and listen to them as long as they like as long as you respect their their knowledge they are going to be better suited to making the right call than you are being that emotional person and also like let them lead the blood like the the trail let them lead it yes i i fully believe that the shooter should be the guy who marks last blood every time even with a weapon and what well, okay if now granted if you're like tracking in the daylight that's a different story but like most of the time that I've been involved in blood trails it's been like a nighttime deal but like yes if it's a daytime track yeah obviously get that weapon out front but in in the case of a nighttime track keep the person who took the shot in like at the last blood i think that's where they're best suited um because every time I've been, like, on a blood trail of my own, I'm a fucking mess. Yeah, you're not like, in the right state of mind. Yeah, I'm like, okay, you know what? You're right. Just point out the last blood where you want me to stand, and I will stand over it. You well, guys it's the go, worst nightmare. Yeah, because, like, even if it's perfect blood, I'm still every, like, the worst case scenario is running through yes, my mind. Yes, because it happens. Yeah. And has happened. <laughs> yeah, I've seen it. I've lived it. Like, and, and like... No matter what, I'm just going back and replaying those bad memories over and over and well, over. Well, you think about it, like what's 95 percent of our what we talk about in the podcast, like all of the things that happen before a shot. How do you set up? How do you get the opportunity? So, yeah. like 95 percent of your thoughts are always going to be like getting the Pre, shot. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's another thing. Yeah, take, take, like accept. All this is self-reflection type stuff because it's like, do I – am I not seeing the bucks I want to see? Okay, what's the issue? Most likely it's you. Most likely you're doing something that you're not supposed to be doing. I I will say – You know, in in the shooting thing, like it's – or the blood trail, it's like take yourself out of it. 
bring someone else in. Right. I will say that was that was the number one thing that I had to get through my own head and the people that I hunt with was like obviously what we're doing isn't working. isn't working because we've had three seasons. The where easy it's thing been is really to blame bad. your neighbors. That's that's the one yeah. that I see all the time. It's like my neighbors won't stop shooting little well, that, bucks. Yeah, that's like, me. All right, bro. No, that was me. And, and it probably it's partially true. Yeah, but it's but. like, but it's like, what I had to like hammer my, I mean, okay, I'll say it. my brother, he was like right on it right away. He's like, okay, I agree. Let's let's do it. Why not? God, that must be nice. <laughs> but it was. Well, he has control over his brothers. Maybe you should play a better game with them. Yeah. And then it was convincing the person that's hunted there the longest and has hunted the longest, like, yes, you've had success before. In these certain areas, but yeah. it's not consistent. It's the it's the thing that I say all the time. It's like, and yes, it's, if you want to have success once every ten years, go ahead, do that's it. That's fine. Do what you're doing. But if you want to have consistent, most anybody can do that. Not necessarily consistent, uh, mature bucks, but like you want yeah. to have consistent deer. Well, like the consistent end goal encounters. Is let's have con- let's have a consistent chances at a mature buck and on the it, property that you have control of right exactly now public is a different thing well it's, same, it's the same thing you want a consistent you want consistent opportunities <laughs> at mature bucks exactly and then just it's a different strategy on public so that was the thing it's like what we're doing obviously isn't working so like why not for two seasons okay why not try something different no. like what what, what are we going to lose we're going to have the same season we had last year. Okay. We get skunked 60% of the time. Yeah. Like, again? Yeah. Like, why not? Like, what do we what do we have to lose to try to change our mentality at hunting this property? So that was that was the biggest thing that, for our hunting core group, that we had to get no, past. There's no, there's no, uh... Like, well, I've shot a deer from this stand before. Yeah. And it was like a, love him to death, but it was like, oh, well, he's he's one of those guys, well, I've seen deer over here from this stand, so let's put a stand over there, too. And it's like, dude, you can't just hammer 37 stands in fucking 80 Well, acres. what's the point of the stand? Right. Like, are we putting, because I, I just said earlier, I'm like, we'll put multiple stands yeah, yeah. in one little area. Yeah, but like, they're well the strategized. Yeah, what's the Like, point? I yeah. do think you can hammer 37 yeah. stands in 80 exactly. acres, but they got to be well strategized. Yeah. They better have every point. You, like, you're probably going to go, we got 37 stands in an 80-acre chunk. Probably you, you thirty of them. You're not hunting it. Yeah, every year. Consistently. Like there's exactly. You have stands that are in places. Yeah, I'm not saying like there's nothing wrong with putting stands or prepping trees or whatever. Oh, yeah. But like, I've seen deer there, so I'm just gonna automatically put a stand and hunt it. In this core area. Yeah, I think, so, like, I think we all a, we all we, you, you we're all it it all comes down to this. Why are we sitting there? Mm-hmm. What is. The re like so part of why is like what is the reasoning for right now like the time period, whether it's uh, September, October, November, December, January, what is the purpose of us sitting here like what is what would bring something by us, um, the wind, yeah, what's the wind doing? Wind is king. Why would number one is the wind? Am I safe with the wind? Which is always the problem. So if I'm safe with the wind, then why would a deer be standing? 10 yards from my stand because if I'm safe from the wind and there's a stand here, then he's he's not. not. He's not. Right. And then, like, thermals is just something that people completely... 
I didn't understand what thermals were until, I didn't, until this year. That's what I'm saying. I didn't I didn't comprehend what thermals were until this year either. And how is how do how do most people hunt September October after work on the weekends yep. afternoons? Yeah. And what is the biggest thing that we think about now in the afternoons? Thermals. Thermals dropping. The last 30 minutes. Because mm-hmm. that's everything. Like, that's when your bucks are moving. So, like, why would we be thinking about other things? It, there, there's a ton of things to think about. But I, I do think everything I learned this year, I just it just confirmed all of my beliefs before that the more... I think human manipulation does have a role. I think we can manipulate movement. I think I took a video yesterday. I haven't posted it yet, but when we when I walk out, obviously I got the weather we finally wanted at this property. the The crops are standing. I mean, in one day, the trails were like a fucking like it looked like a vehicle had driven through there. Just hard, deep trails along contour working along standing crops I mean that's what we planned it for so I kind of I I somewhat lost my train of thought due to Jeffrey flicking his hair everywhere but I think the idea is as long as we continue to to think about how does like 90% of the deer population move? And then if we can manipulate it in some way to, to enhance our chances. So if 90% of the deer population moves in a certain way and I can enhance it, then I most likely will have more chances in a stand, more chances on a property. If I'm moving deer in a certain direction away from places that are going to be an issue. And the issues are always going to be how, when you're sitting there, what's your thermals and what's your scent doing when you access and when you exit. Those are the three things, right? Like, what what are we missing? What do you? What's the wind doing when you're on stand? When you sit there, is it going in a place that you cannot let it go? What's the thermals doing the last thirty minutes? You know, like those are the things that we have to consistently challenge ourselves to think about. But it is very simple to just. Well, this is where I this is where I sit. It is Saturday. <laughs> Have a day off. Packers just got done playing. Probably lost. I'm gonna go sit in a tree stand, chill out. Maybe get away from the kids, get away from the wife. That's a different. That's a different strategy than wanting to kill a really mature deer every year. So, Weston. Or anyone else have anything to do with the recap of the year? I think without us, without any of us killing a really big buck, Jed, I think Jed's the only one that killed a buck. And it wasn't was really big. Yeah. <clears throat> it's a depressing year. No, no question. As much much time as we put in, as much, especially, I'm talking about myself, like as much time as we put in, it's unfortunate. I had the opportunities to kill deer that would have been close to or similar or bigger than um, the biggest bucks I've shot with a bow, but it wasn't the target buck I had, and I learned a ton about it. I think consistently you need to just stay positive. The new property we have, I mean, unbelievable deer at. 
unfortunately the age class wasn't there this year but next year it seems like it seems like next year will be a completely different year <laughs> i'm gonna have more than just two one or two bucks to chase like it's it looks like but i also got lucky and you know a new property with new people who are hunting the property buy in and we discussed this all tonight it's about the people who are hunting the property if they're willing to buy in or not and joel at the one yeah at our property passed up two bucks that would have easily been probably one of the bigger bucks that you've ever shot i mean that's as much as people want to say like i thought that buck was bigger <laughs> it's just, but like none of this stuff can happen unless we get to the point where we're we're getting to like passing these deer we're letting them get older the age i truly believe in the idea that age classes do grow they do age classes in properties on properties improve like this year most of the deer i'm seeing is three and four year olds and then i had a couple five-year-olds like legit mature deer slip in just randomly but over time i truly believe like year this is year one that i I think personally year one great fucking Mm -hmm. age bracket because the other properties hunted for six seven years we're finally getting to that five six year old range it took a long time to get there well, I mean, and you kept your expectations for the first year decently low, and obviously it exceeded them. You, you can't come it, in. It, I mean, it, you can't come I, in. Obviously, in. I was hoping that there would be something that I'd be well, able to like be yeah. excited about. You but know? you can't like. But you can't just step your first year on a property and really expect like well demand that. Dem- yeah. I think you can't. I mean, honestly, you can't think of it for three to four years. Yeah. Like I said, your first year, and you, like you said far exceeded your expectation yeah i mean you're looking for properties to buy i mean getting some type of proof that that shit is even in the area is the first step if you're not patient enough to wait two to three four years yeah it'll be it'll be tough i mean i think about the place that i'm hunting our family place five years ago i wouldn't even known that what i the things that i hunted this year was even possible like when I first, Jed yeah. and I both hunted it. Like when, when I first started hunting with you out there, it was like cool to see a couple deer. It was awesome. Yeah, we got skunked more than we didn't. Right now, yeah. weirdly, there's just like deer everywhere. <laughs> just, I, I don't, and we have very minimal control over Correct. it. Correct. Besides hunting pressure. Correct. Not only that, but there is a fucking cancer that is just. <laughs> infests himself into the land every year. (laughs) (laughs) But easy. Easy. But I I do think number one, we're learning oh like so like I remember when I first started, you know you got some pictures of some four or five year old bucks. So you knew they existed. Plus, I mean Christ, I I, I looked at it as a twelve year old, I looked at a two hundred and thirty inch buck while it jumped up in front of me (laughs) on this property. Well, you were peeing. So you know what's possible. <laughs> now, after that, I didn't experience anything similar to that for a long time. Didn't really know what was even possible. Actually killed mature bucks there that, I don't know, you didn't even know existed. And then once I, once I started hunting it, like I always figured, yeah, there's a couple like 
looking back at it now, there was probably one four-year-old that I was hunting, and mainly they were all three-year-olds that I was hunting. But the age bracket, I do fully believe I have some, we, we have some advantages with neighbors, but I do fully believe by just you taking action and just being, like, just, I guess being, what's, what's the word I'm thinking of, Jed? I, I was uh, I was not. He listening. got distracted. Being uh, discipline, discipline, but like selective, self-aware. What are we looking for here? I'm looking for the word that <laughs> describes someone that's just not willing to c- conf- like not willing to like give in to their perseverance. Per- yeah, Compromise. but like just picky. being just being uh, um, picky, selective. picky, but like. <laughs> I like fuck? I was wasn't willing to give in to like the fact like the you, you decide the thesaurus quick. You decide your your kind of your goal and then you're just not willing to like back stubborn. off. Stubborn. Stubborn. Yeah, there Stubborn is the word. Picky, you're welcome. Stubborn. Stubby stubber. <laughs> stubby sub sub sub. Um It pays off. Like I don't know. Like I don't it, w- it will pay off. It yeah, it does. There's no question. That's why when everyone someone says to you like yeah I, w- I would try harder but like my neighbors I'm like well dude how do you know how do you know that if you tried harder but your neighbors didn't exist that it would work and how do you know that if your neighbors exist and they're not trying hard but you don't try hard because of your neighbors that it won't work this is like, getting pretty wild man pretty deep <laughs> I don't know that I can dive deep. this deep yeah not a lot of stuff I don't have <laughs> All right, before we before we cut out here, I do want to touch on the fact that Wesson did go out west this year. Yes, he did. He did find some success, not personally, but within the group. Hey, um, that's awesome. And I just okay. Here's the deal. Oh, here this is weird. He might even get. A little I'm bit. gonna get a little weird. Uh, I'm a big out west guy. I love the fact that you went out there. Um, I don't think that you can possibly expose yourself to more hunting styles and opportunities and not come out better for it. So good on you, and I hope you're planning on doing uh, doing some more in the near future. Probably not because you got like like another. Uh, well, he's got another human that he's got to take care of, his child, yeah, and a wife and a wife. So you don't take so care like, of her, take care of you, but so like you got. You know that going on for you, and like I don't know, you probably can't just like go away on the drop of a hat, like the rest of us can. But uh, I hope Jeffrey I, can't. Yeah, Jeffrey's fucked. <laughs> so like, I hope I hope you're. I just I wanted to say this on so many podcasts that I listen to. You two, you understand, but you two well, you do to not have. You're, you're talking about Western Western well, I'm staring Weston in the eyes. He understands. Joe and Taylor, not Joe. I'm, he's I'm here. Well, Joe too, <laughs> probably. Jed and Taylor are not married and do not have a kid. It is a different fucking element in life. Well, you should have thought of that. Well, well, I have. Is, yeah, that was. But it, it's. I don't it's accept just that a different excuse, element. but okay. Well. You will. Yeah. Anyway. No, I won't. <laughs> okay, so getting back to Jed's point. I fucking guarantee you I will not. Getting back to Jed's point. Jed? Yeah. I agree. It is something. He kind of gave you a compliment. 
<laughs> it was a little backhanded, but I think it, there was there was a big compliment in there. I feel like he almost wanted to say he was proud of what happened, but I'm not going to put words in his mouth. Yeah, I'll go that far. I'll <laughs> say that I was proud of you. I mean, there were some things. There's tears like, running down my cheeks like, right there, now. Like, as a whole, I've I'm proud that you went. Not crying. Yeah, I know, I know. Like, as a whole, I'm proud of it. There's microcosms of what I know to have happened in that trip that I'm not proud of you of. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. But. Got to be better. But you yeah, learn. But, you, yeah. Right. You, you, I learned you a took, lot. And you took the first step, which was going. Yes. Which is good. Yes. Proud of you. Acting. Doing. Yeah. Yep. It is always the first yeah. step. Yeah. And I will say it was the focal point of my hunting season. Oh, yeah. I put, like, a lot of preparation and other things of that matter into that hunt which kind of took away from whitetail the whitetail especially i mean majority there's, of there's october no, there's majority no, of october. there's no x in that word it's especially okay but especially. especially but uh yeah okay i will say i learned a lot and i did bring back certain things from that hunt that you can use even here oh really that sounds like another podcast. Yeah, we'll yeah, dabble with that later. Yeah. But, yeah. We're not I mean, done. We're not done. No. I feel like this is almost like we're acting like this is the last podcast of the year. No, yeah, I know. Well, it's we're just, just E80, we're, man. We're, yeah, it's we're, just E80. This is E80. 80, 80, baby. Double D, Donald yeah, Driver. 1080. You know? 1080 <laughs> Outdoors, 80th episode. A big one. We're just entering into. We're gonna do a couple like more deer episodes, we're, and then we're gonna dive into yeah. the fucking month of. I mean, we're 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 literally less than six weeks. We're no. probably like six weeks away from Nebraska turkey hunting. Yeah, With weapons in our hands. Do yeah. you? And that's a thing, correct? I'm going. I unless I knew Weston was going. Weston's going. Jeffrey's on the fence. I think we have a conversation about it. Jeffrey's not going. Jed's up in the air. I'm up in the air. Jed said he can't commit to anything. Jed will go. He'd rather spear a sturgeon. I fucking fucking guarantee you, Jed Domke will be in the vehicle if we're heading to Nebraska. Yeah. 100%. Okay. I've been there. I've been. I've been. I've been there once, and I didn't have a. I didn't have a weapon in my hand, and it was fucking awesome. Even though we didn't uh, kill we missed anything. last year because of COVID. Fucking COVID. COVID's dead. The vid. <laughs> the vid nineteen. All right. Hey. So next week we're gonna recap Jed's sturgeon. Sturgeon. No, 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 no. Two weeks. No. Couple weeks. Two weeks. Okay. It's this upcoming weekend, isn't no. it? No. Oh, oh, I got two weeks. Yeah. Oh. We're gonna do another oh, whitetail shit. thing next weekend. I think. I think. Honestly, the as much as we talked about, I think we could even go further into betting and stuff. Wait, mm. isn't isn't next? Look at him, like chef. We actually easy Weston, just dropping f bombs on live mic. Jeez, man. I didn't know it was live. Um, thought we were on live. Like, yeah, we have, we actually now? have a big guest. We, we have a big guest next also, week. Also, we can't say fuck for the core episode. Fuck for the core fuck. episode, we do have a big guest. That is scheduled. Hopefully he shows up, or this will look bad. Um, Tease it. Tease it. He is a well-known wild, wild game, game chef. cook. Chef, yeah. Chef, not a cook. Don't insult cook. the man. I'm an idiot. hate myself. Hopefully he doesn't fucking hear this. And a Wisconsin. he's got Wisconsin ties. Yeah, yeah he does. He's, he's a Wisconsin boy. Yeah. UW. 
He's a badger. It's exciting. That, that's exciting. Is there before we wrap it up? Don't don't be a, hey don't forget the reason why we're we're talking to a chef is because we're doing a bunch of cooking every Wednesday. Wild game Instagram. Wednesdays. Is yeah. that what they're called? Wild game Wednesdays. Yeah, obviously. I, I was like, if it wasn't, that's it was a good one, but uh, unfortunately, I can't take the credit for that one. Appreciate you not <laughs> trying though. Oh, what's new? Is there? Okay. Oh, yeah, I got the album. Okay. Is it time? Weston's got the album, yeah. Oh, I can't wait to ridicule him. <laughs> I just... Jed says... Well, this, usually is pathetic. I Jed's, can just smell that this is going to be Jed terrible. says this every week. Yeah, multiple every weeks. Week. If I had to pick this, one so friend that was bad at music, it'd be Weston. Okay. I'm expecting a good So, we're going down. <clears throat> last couple weeks, I've... Thanks for clearing your throat directly into the mic. Why couple, do you always have to, like... <clears throat> just, anyways, keep, just get at like, so, Just gulp. The album we're listening to... This week is an outlaw of country music. I doubt it. Oh my god, who is it? Sturgill Simpson. Okay, kind of. A sailor's guide to earth. Okay. <laughs> Rattle them off. Let's go. Well, I just want to tell a little backstory. Country album from 2016. He did win a Grammy for this album. Really? Yes, he did. Writer? No. He won a Grammy for Country Album of the Year. Really? Yes. Wild. This might be a little falsified, but... What was the album? A Sailor's Guide to Earth. <clears throat> he won the Grammy, and then he was nominated at the uh, CMAs for Album of the Year. Mm-hmm. And because he is an outlaw of country music, he decided that he did not want to support the fact that he was nominated. And so he played outside of the stadium where the CMAs are held with his guitar and his Grammy sitting on top of his guitar case and he played songs from this album. I like that. Instead of going inside. So what you're saying is he took his lighter and burned. Basically being like, fuck you, don't want to be nominated by the CMAs. Um, So it's A Sailor's Guide to Earth by Sturgill. Um, First one is Welcome to Earth. Second one, Breakers Roar. Third, Keep It Between the Lines, which is a top three song on the album for me. Sea Stories, In Bloom, number five. Brace for Impact, Live a Little. My personal favorite, number six. Number seven, All Around You. Number eight, Oh Sarah. And number nine, Call to Arms, which is my second favorite. The man fucking rocks hard, okay? I don't know a single song by this. Yeah, I am not shocked that you don't. I'm not shocked. Jed likes him. I like him. Is he like a like? Well, we'll listen to him. I think Weston. I really can't compare him to anybody. Like like a staple picks things just for Weston. Just for Jed. No, closer to. Closer to Stapleton, but mm, not church. I mean, like no, he like I'm saying he's like an outlaw. He's like a. I watched a live. He's like a. He's like a. Why is I'll test anybody to cut my audio. (laughs) We ain't that popular. (laughs) Okay. So. Yeah, I. So Sturgill, um, I watched a uh, uh, a live video of him on YouTube, and what, what it came down doing? to was he was like, "Hey, like, 
I've done every drug under the sun, okay? <laughs> he, he likes drugs. Well, yeah. He likes he's them. a musician. Okay. Yeah. And he's Par like, for the course. basically what it is, is him explaining his venture to country to become a artist. Mm-hmm. It was like, a, he grew up, like his parents and shit were like coal miners and like, he's just. He's got an air church look about him. He's a badass motherfucker. I'm just going to say it. I don't I'm not saying, I'm not. Jed like, likes him. Oh, weird. He's got a picture next to Joe Rogan. Domka likes Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's been on Joe Rogan at least once, a couple times, I think. I'm going to I'm gonna say that he's like a Chris Stapleton mixed with... Who's that other guy I like? Uh, <laughs> you know. Cody Jenks, maybe? No, no not no. Uh, like a... I don't really know how to... He, he's pretty unique. The, Feathered just, Indians. Come on. Oh. Yeah, Tyler Childers. Yeah, Childers. Childers. Oh, jeez. He's, he's like one of those guys. With a little... With like a little Waylon mixed in. Yeah. Oh yeah. Big time. Um, I mean, he's like a, he's an old, like yeah, he's an old soul old traveling soul, this earth. Sure. And he's just he writes amazing songs and he fucking is an amazing. Well, yeah, singer. because he still does drugs. <laughs> yeah. I'm convinced. What that drugs do you do? All well, of them. He said all of them. I don't think he does them. Maybe all of them now. I would assume he probably does. Yes, sir. And that's not yeah. an indictment either. Yeah. I'm here to tell you that I can trace Hank William Jr.'s downfall. To uh, the line in um, All My Rowdy Friends Have Settled Down when he said that uh, iced tea, cornbread and iced teas take, took the place of pills and 90 proof. Yeah, well, cornbread and iced tea don't write good songs, Hank. <laughs> well, can you Pills imagine, and 90 proof does. Can you imagine going through your life and being like, I'm world famous for this thing that I do? And no. unfortunately, nobody <laughs> realizes that when I do that thing, I'm under the influence. And if you're gonna take those things away from me, I can't do that thing. Yeah, yeah no, it was, like suck. it's a personal choice for Hank. Like he probably made the right choice for Hank. For However, for but me, I know body for his life. I do yeah, know for yeah, a fact but that, for me, I do he know did for not fact make that the right choice. Taylor has heard a couple of his songs because I have played them. Sturgill, yeah. mm-hmm. I have listened to him. Yeah, he's awesome. I've made uh, many yeah. breakfasts in my life listening to Sturgill. He's a he's an early You're morning, a morning guy, huh? Early morning Sturgill guy. Oh, when right you make him breakfast on the weekends? Yeah, 100%. you don't make breakfast on, during the no, weekend. No, never. Yeah, that'd be weird. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be just so weird. Doesn't make breakfast when I ain't like. Yeah, I'm not waking up before work. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. just to make yeah. breakfast before work so that I like got a weird shit Jeffrey, right you? as I get to work. Yeah. No, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a breakfast before work. Yeah. You're a breakfast fiend. Yeah, I'm. I you have to have it. Big on breakfast. I don't have to. I, was the most important meal. Wasn't a wrestler. It was ish. Wasn't. Kind of. But if I don't need a breakfast, get it by, I need to take by it. ten, eleven o'clock, I'm Remember? fucking earning for some food. Oh yeah. Like, and oh. I try and wait till like noon because that's just you know the standard time. But you're a big food guy. I love food, man. I'm excited to see what we do tonight with those chops. Yeah, we have some back straps we're about to cook up. Damn. They've been, they've been sure sliced Wesson, into hockey pucks. I'm sure Wesson will leave quickly. Oh, yeah. Yeah, make sure you get going. They, make they, sure you get going. These hey, ain't going to have going. no barbecue sauce on them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, thanks not. for listening. Hey, absolutely. Hey, thanks for listening to episode 80.